Welcome to Sunlight Connections, a homeschool podcast. In this podcast, we hope that you get the opportunity to connect with other homeschoolers for encouragement, tips, and fellowship. Like Sunlight's curriculum offerings, we explore homeschooling through the lens of a literature-rich, Christ-centered education. Join us on this adventure. Welcome. Today we are talking about incorporating devotions or a quiet time into your day. And oftentimes people choose to homeschool because of their faith. But homeschooling is a large time commitment, so it can be difficult or challenging to make time for your personal Bible study or quiet time. I am Sunny, Sunlight's community manager and a Sunlight mom of two. And joining me this morning are Christy and Amber. So we will start with some introductions. Christy, do you want to tell us a little bit more about you? Hi, I'm Christy, and I'm on the mentor team for Sunlight and travel a little bit with Sunlight in the spring and summer and um, do a few other things here and there. (laughs) And um, I also teach a little bit at a co-op once a week, and I have four sons, one's who's um, coming home today from his first semester of college, and um, I have three boys at home, uh, middle school and high school now. And um, yeah, this is our maybe 13th year, maybe 14th that I'm using sunlight, so. Great, well, thank you for being here. Amber, do you wanna tell us a little bit about you? Sure, my name is Amber Severance and I'm also a consultant for sunlight. Um, I have five children, three girls, two boys. My oldest is 24, almost 24. And my youngest is 11. And I've been using sunlight for my homeschool journey since my oldest was in preschool. So we've been on this journey a long time and I'm excited to talk about this very important topic. Great, well, thank you so much for being here as well. And let's get started. Um, When you're homeschooling, you might be feeling like you're pulled in multiple directions. Um, So why is it important to set aside some time for your personal Bible study and to make that a priority in your life? I love that. Who goes first? (laughs) (laughs) There's always that pause. (laughs) Yeah, right? Christy, you want to go first? Okay. So I don't think that there's anyone that you or I will meet today that doesn't need um, more peace to be brought with us as we come to any situation, whether it's driving or anything um, today. So for me, um, I think that just time with God settles the mind, it settles the heart um, for this big task that we're doing each day with our kids, with our families, and in our communities. And so um, anyway, I can just study for years and years and still be amazed. Um, Just this week, I came across a verse that just um, floored me. (laughs) And I've, um, since 1983, um, I've been a Christian. So it's, it's amazing to me that after years of Bible study, I can come across a passage um, that there's just so much depth throughout the Bible and so much, um, it just changes everything about life when you are studying and when you're finding that time, I think. Yeah. And God's word makes it really clear that the word of God is the light for our path, right? And it is the source of all wisdom. And it is where God has chosen to speak to us It is what the Holy Spirit uses to lead and to guide us. It is what we need to get through each and every day. And um, there is no other place to go. It is the word of eternal life. It has all the answers for our soul's deepest needs. So (laughs) it is very important. I'm thinking of Psalm 19 that talks about how it's sweeter than honey and it's more precious and more valuable than rubies. And we spend a lot of our days, um, trying to figure out how to make more money, how to have more things. And God's word is more precious than all of those things. And so taking time to read it and to memorize it and to be in it is, um, of eternal significance, unlike most of what we spend each and every day doing. Yeah, it's, it's interesting you say that. I actually saw something just yesterday talking about that, about how we do all these things, you know, here on earth, which is just a very temporary time. Um, and we don't spend enough time with God. And that's what matters eternally. 
Um, I know for me too, part of the reason that I started homeschooling was because I wanted those close relationships with my kids and my husband also co-teaches with me. So it brings us closer together, but how can I call myself a believer in God if I don't have that relationship with him? Um, so for me, that has always been an important part of maintaining that relationship. When you read God's word, you know him better. Um, and if you're not reading it, you don't really know him. You can't have a relationship with someone you don't spend time with, um, so that's why I've tried to make it a priority, you know, consistently in my adult life. Um, and also it kind of uh, like what you were saying, Christy, it puts my head on straight and gets me going, you know, <laughs> where I need to be, um, that I'm not as caught up in, you know, the little inconveniences or things that happen in the day if I put my head on straight and I know what God wants me to do. <laughs> so when is the best time of the day to do this? I know a lot of people think of Bible study as an early morning routine, but like, I personally am not a morning person. I'm a night owl. And so getting into a morning routine has always been kind of a challenge. So do you have to do your Bible study in the morning or can you do it whenever you'd like? Well, yeah, me too. <laughs> Especially now that my boys are um, older and wanting to sleep a little bit in the morning, you know, our Mondays start really early and so not on Monday but the other days of the week um, I find for me personally morning is the best time but in other years it was not the best time with little ones it was not always the best time so I think it changes in every season you know for us and so I've found a time that's uninterrupted and if it's in the evening when they had early bedtimes when they were little, that was often a better time for me. Um, and now the bedtimes are not like that when they're <laughs> when um, they're older. And so I'm finding um, and that it's just different times. Well, um, whatever works. And with when um, we talk about um, with our boys, I actually having time with them sometimes, my time separately. But whenever I have time with them, um, I've asked. Um, two of my boys um, that I'm that I work with the most um, to pick a time that we read do our read alouds together and they get to pick two of the days per week so one day is crazy and they don't get to pick that day but um, the other two days um, we start off with bible first uh, whenever we start our read alouds and so um, I would say first um, you know one of them picked, I think, 1030, and I'd have to look at my notebook to see the other time, but it's 11 a.m., I think. And some days that changes, but that's the best time for them in their schedule. Sometimes sometimes they want to do something else first, and they have definite opinions, so I gave them a chance to pick part of the schedule for the week. And so I, you know, worked with them on timing for the time with them, so. And I would say... Um... Christy, I think that one of the first things you said was is so valuable for moms to understand that with each season, things change. And mm -hmm. so you don't have to be married to a certain time that you're going to have your Bible study, right? So um, Sunny, if that works better for you in the evenings, that's awesome. Um, I know when I was a, a new mom and had nursing babies, and I mean, we can go back to the, you know, my very first child, I think was my most overwhelming. <laughs> People talk about more, no, number one for me, you know, just breaking into that. And I, I remember even having that first one and then the second one, and, and you just feel like, golly, I'm up all night nursing. I don't, I, I can hardly keep my eyes open at, you know, whatever time it is. So I think for me, in, especially in those early years, when the kids had a nap or a quiet time, I almost had to chain myself to the couch with my Bible because I wanted to go um, wash the dishes, do some laundry, pick up the house. I couldn't check my phone back then because we didn't have them yet. Um, but whatever, whatever other temptations there were, and God really worked on my heart during that season to, to be a Mary type of person instead of a Martha, that the dishes and the, and the, the mess on the floor was going to be there when the kids got up. And I needed to prioritize, no, I have to stop and sit down and spend time with Jesus and sit at his feet. So that was my time for a, for a long time while I had littles, um, when they were off in their own rooms, napping or playing quietly, that was my time with the Lord. I think no matter when you have time with the Lord, it's probably really important to take a second before your feet hit the floor and just say, God, help me, <laughs> just help me today. And, you know, if you have to have a little devotional in the bathroom 
so that if you happen to get the chance to go to the bathroom without the door open or someone interrupting you, you can take, you know, even if it's three minutes just to read a verse, uh, what, whatever it takes to, to have that time with the Lord. Yeah, I love that. And you guys have already started to talk about kind of establishing that regular quiet routine uh, or quiet time, um, whether it be, you know, a quick verse of the bathroom or praying as soon as you get out of bed. Um, but how do you establish that time and then stay committed to it? I think a lot of times we have good plans, but it's kind of like a New Year's resolution where it falls off. So how do you make sure that you stick to it? Or, you know, Christy, when you mentioned the flexibility in days, some days it's a different time than others. How do you make sure that you really are staying committed to whatever your plan is that way? Yeah. Well, you know, with, um, I was different oh, resources for different times, also different seasons. And, um, I find that, um, I heard at a, at a, at a, an event at some point, a speaker whose father was a pastor and my dad was a pastor for all of my formative years. Okay. And so, um, I think especially to us, maybe to everyone else too, but if you've been in a Christian family or, you know, I have this longing to not do just the traditional routine. I mean, there's great things about that, but also, um, to break out of that sometimes. And he talked about how he would read in a, um, he would not have a set thing to read when he sat down to read. He's a pastor himself. And he said that he would not have, um, you know, a set thing that he was going to read. I'm going to read Genesis five through seven today, you know, instead he would read until something grabbed his heart and he could meditate on that and then move to the next thing. That was one thing he talked about. And, um, that was helpful to me, um, to realize that, um, sometimes that's what I need to, to, to read and then, and then take time to, to stop and if there's something I need to chew on, stop there and don't just keep going just for the rote sake of reading two chapters a day because I'm going to read this in 365 days or, you know, whatever the plan is um, to let, to, I guess, leave room for the Holy Spirit <laughs> in what you're doing. And so um, basically I have different resources. I have things like Oswald Chambers, you know, my utmost four is highest that I did years ago. I have um, one journal that my husband and I have kept for 20 years, um, over 20 years now, um, that has a devotion for the day and it has a place for a prayer. And it's a 365 day calendar, but in the busy years, we haven't, this is not something we did in one year. And so it's even richer because we have 20 years of prayers. His, we leave space. We kind of divide it in half. He prays at the top. I pray at the bottom, you know, and we just write our prayers so that, because we might not always sit down together in the morning before he goes to work when, especially when the children were little, you know, um, anyway, that is a precious resource that came out of the, having four children over the course of, you know, 13 years of homeschooling. And um, yeah, so we have different things like that. I'll also have in-depth Bible studies for, you know, the season I'm in now, but I could not do that when my children were younger. So um, whatever, um, you know, whatever I'm using, I choose what I have time for and doing, you know, whatever and make time too where it's, where it's feasible, where it's possible. But when it's not, I do, you know, like you've said, take, um, you know, the devotion that has the scripture that you dwell on for the day or during the morning until you can get to a more, you know, a bigger space of time, but just have that consistency of whatever you have time for, do something <laughs> and then go forward. And, and it doesn't have to be locked in that I'm going to do this this year, or I'm going to be a horrible person that that doesn't work for me. <laughs> so, I don't know if that works in any season. <laughs> I know. I think too, the reality is that it's a war, right? The Christian life is a battle and it's a war and we're supposed to be soldiers. And um, so there is that idea that we need to make a commitment and we need to, to um, prioritize this. Yes. I think having some sort of plan is helpful. Yeah. And I think depending on your personality, that can be different. I know for me, if I don't have to think too hard about it, it that's helpful, right? So uh, there were many seasons when I have I have a chronological Bible 
And so it's broken up um, from January 1st through December 31st, but it's chronological. So that's kind of an interesting way to read. I try to find a Bible reading program every year so that I can work my way through. And that doesn't mean that that's the only way it can be done. But for me, it's really helpful to have some sort of plan. Um, So I think coming up with a plan, and I would suggest if you're a young mom and you're struggling, I think start with Proverbs and say, I'm going to read the proverb for today, every day this year, (laughs) just every (laughs) month, cycle back through Proverbs. And you will be astounded at what God will give you from every chapter of Proverbs that will be an immediate help with whatever you're dealing with, with a particular child or whatever. It is the wisdom book. And that's what you need. That's what we all need. But especially in those early years, as a young mom, um, God gives so much wisdom, so much clarity in those passages. Every time I would read through Proverbs, a chapter a day, he would hit me over the head with something. so I, I just think that, that that's an invaluable resource and that's a quick place to go for immediate help if you're really struggling today, right now. I think the other thing is um, God says his mercies are new every day. And so if you say, oh man, it's January 15th and I've already blown it. I'm not, I didn't read for two days. Well, so what? I mean, we're, we, we are eternal beings. It, it is a, a week is nothing. All right. So just, just start again. Like it, it's not just pick up where you left off because God is not um, up in heaven. Like, Oh brother, she blew it again. It's not and it's, and it's not like that. And he doesn't love you more. If you read the Bible every single day, doesn't love you more. The the, the deal is we get the joy and we get the blessing when we're in God's word and we're allowing it to transform us and change us. Yeah, that is great. And I love how you talk about the different phases of life and kind of determining what you can do in those phases of life that's going to help you. I know um, when my daughter was super young and I was having a hard time sticking to any consistent anything, that's when I first started going to women's Bible study at my church because that accountability of, hey, you're gonna be here every week talking to these women about what you've learned inspired me to get in the word and do all of my homework um, so that that way I could come and contribute to the conversation or you know if you haven't read it you you don't understand their insights um, and so that kept me very focused uh, when my kids were super young um, and then as I, they've gotten older and now I have more time to study I found that I really enjoy reading the same book over and over and over again uh, to really absorb it like Christy I grew up in the church I don't ever remember learning a lot of the Bible stories. And, you know, I was at a point in my faith where I could go to church and I knew all the passages that would come up, you know, but it wasn't really sinking in anymore or I wasn't absorbing anything new. And so I was struggling with that. And I prayed like, Lord, I need to hear you. I need to not just, you know, know your word. I need to know you. Um, and so then that's when I discovered um, inductive Bible study where you mark up the text and you keep rereading the same book over and over again. And that has been transformative, but now my kids are older and I have the time that I can do that. So yeah, I think listening to the word is also really good. That's something my dad has done. He does not retain things as well when he is reading it, but he loves to hike and go on walks every day. And so he listens to the Bible. So you don't always just have to, you know, read it, even if you're doing one of those daily plans. Um, So I think, yeah, figuring out your personality, what works well for you um, so that you can keep growing in your faith is super important. Um, Christy, you mentioned sharing uh, that prayer book with your husband. Um, Is that something you should do, you know, study with your spouse or with your children? What do you guys think? Um, Should you do it on your own first and then include them? You know, what, what do you find important in your family as far as devotions go? Encourage everyone, um, you know, my boys, um, when, as they are getting older, we use sunlight. So, um, we have the overall resources that we've used, you know, together with our time in the morning when we get together and do that. Um, and, but the, um, when they start their, their time, and I want to say too, when you talk about inductive Bible study, I've heard people, Christians say, you know, derogatory things about different types, like listening or 
inductive or any other kind. And I think it is important to note that we are all, um, the way we understand, the way we, um, even our brains work are all, you know, it's different. And so I do think that that's important that, um, that for us too, not just for our kids where we're saying they're this kind of learner or that kind of learner, you know, for us as well. And whenever I did the inductive Bible study for the first time and looked at the passage after I had marked it, it was just like lights and bells going off everywhere. I mean, I could see things that, you know, stood out and I, before I just missed those details, you know? And so I do think that there are people that that really, you know, is, is great for. So, um, yeah. So for the same thing, you know, um, our, it, you know, different, it's different things for, for different ones in the family. And I do like to spend, um, some time, um, with, I have some studies that I do just with me, some, this one I share with my husband, but I might um, take it on a, on a trip with me and I do that while I'm gone. So it is my personal time. But then when I bring it back, he gets to read what that was about and he might do that on another day on his own. So it's a resource that we have together and I can read what he prayed for our family, um, you know, maybe 15 years ago and I'm just getting to that day. <laughs> so it's kind of, it is really um, not a, um, you know, ABC structured kind of thing in that resource. But, um, and I've never seen another one like it. I always look for it whenever I'm getting um, wedding gifts for people. But, um, but anyway, but yeah, um, I do think that I do some with and some, you know, definitely each day on my own. So, so I think um, I like to start our day when I, when our school day starts at breakfast, I usually read something from the Bible and I can often follow along sunlight's reading. I usually pick my younger child and do that reading, but I also change it up a lot. And so um, again, different seasons. And, and I think you can be a little creative. Like I was just thinking back to one of my favorite um, times when my oldest was about four, I had a calendar that each month, I think it came from revive our hearts or something, you know, Nancy Lee Damas. So there was a Walgamuth. There was a um, calendar that had every month was a different character trait of God and attribute. And so um, those are big, long words, you know. And so for my four year old, I would take um, it was the year before his calendar. So I would take one week on each attribute and we would look at the cool picture that they had and we would talk about omnipresence and we would say that word and we would talk about what it meant and I would find some scripture verses. And so every day for a week, we would just talk about omnipresence and thank God for it and talk about. So again, this, this is not a, a Pinterest thing. It's just like using something I had. Um, I think that when you take some time with your children to open God's word, to pray with them, it doesn't have to be a sermonette. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes. Okay. I'm just saying when that is a priority, when they know this is a priority to our family, because we treasure Jesus and we want to hear from him and we want to start our day this way or end our day. Maybe it's ending the day. Um, whatever you choose, I think it needs to be from a heart of we treasure Christ. And this is a way to show that he is valuable to us. We, we brush our teeth because our teeth are valuable. <laughs> uh, we eat because our bodies need food. We spend uh, some time with Jesus because it's food. It's our breath. It's our life. We need it. It needs, it's important. And it's more important maybe than some other choices. I was thinking about this even um, as you're nursing a baby, right? And you might grab your phone and just start scrolling mindlessly. How about a Bible app instead? And sometimes that's a fight. Like, no, I want to check. No, I need to spend time with Jesus. Like allow your soul to be refreshed by him. And sometimes it's, it's not that day that it's going to feel it necessarily. But as this becomes a habit, he, he will um, take care of you and give you peace and um, joy. And, but, but we can't, we, there aren't shortcuts to that. There aren't shortcuts. Right. Yeah. So true. Um, yeah, and I think, like you said, you start reading the Bible to your kids early. Um, I know when my kids were super little, we did the picture Bibles that had, you know, fun illustrations to go with stories to kind of get them used to that. And then as they've gotten older, 
you know, we follow with the sunlight HBL Bible readings. Um, my son likes to listen to them where he can hear, you know, voices and music in the background. He really responds well to that. So I usually play his on a Bible app. Um, but then my daughter has always been an avid reader. And so she will read some by herself. I will read some with her. And then we come back and discuss, you know, now that she's in the older levels, we discuss the Bible study books that come along with the Bible. Um, and then also your local church is often a great resource. I know ours sends home, like a, it's like a newsletter of what they studied that week, what verses they're learning. So that way, as a parent, you can ask them questions, you know, what did you learn this morning? Let's memorize your verse um, and start that early. Um, but I do like to do that separately from my own study too, just because I need a little bit more, <laughs> you know, than where they're at at this point. So, but I, I think it's good too. I mean, sometimes I do my study after they've gone to bed, but other times they will walk into the room and what are you doing, mommy? And oh, I'm studying the Bible. You know, I think it's important to really let them see you do it and set yep. the example that way so that they know, like you said, Amber, that it is a priority in your family that we want to have that relationship with Jesus. And here's one <laughs> of the ways you do it. <laughs> and also, and also, Bible is not just for children, right? right. If the only time is when you're, um, 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 this isn't to be offensive. I'm saying if the only time is when you're dumbing it down for them, or mm -hmm. you're doing something really simplistic for them, and that's the only time that you're in the word, uh, mm -hmm. they're going to pick up on that, right? This is for kids. This is for children. Now I'm a teenager. Now I'm an adult that I don't need anymore. But mm -hmm. if, if the, it's a priority to mom and dad, if church going to church, being involved at church is a priority. And something else you just said, I think is so, so, so important is scripture memory. So mm -hmm. we have done, we have done Awana because that just took um, something off of me. I didn't have to be the heavy about scripture memory. So I'm super thankful that really, when I look back, my kids have hidden hundreds of verses in their hearts and in their minds. You cannot put a price tag on that. I know as an adult, because I went through Awana as a child, from third grade on, um, I can't, I can't put a price tag on the incredible gift of having that scripture already embedded in my heart and my mind. Um, that is an invaluable present that you can give to your children, having them reward them for finishing their Awana book, do pay for their camp for that year, do, do something to show them, you know, we, we pay our kids and reward our kids for all sorts of things. And then we say, well, we shouldn't do that with the Bible. I, I don't, I don't believe that. I think treasure it. it. This is so valuable. And you get through that book, you memorize these verses, you memorize all your sunlight verses, whatever it is, make it a big deal. Um, get them to enjoy and hide God's word in their heart. And even before they can read, because then you're giving them the gift of the Holy spirit can touch their hearts for themselves um, because they know children should obey their parents, allow them that beautiful gift of having the Holy spirit nudge their hearts with that verse. You know what I'm saying? So I, I just think there, there's not a, a price tag you can put on that. Yeah. And Sunny, what you were saying about your local church, I think too, um, just when we leave church conversation in the car, after we've left, um, this past Sunday, um, our pastor ended the service in a pretty powerful way and he was offering an invitation and he didn't have, there weren't, it wasn't the type that you respond and go down front, you know, but it was, um, a, some good thought provoking questions. So we carried that, you know, into our conversation with our boys after church and just asked them, you know, um, you know, just to be sure you want to be sure that the things that are are being shared or even being, oh, I didn't hear that part because I was doing something, you know, like I was in la la land or whatever. Or, you know, if there, if, a, if someone's struggling with, I don't know if I believe that, like, you know, there, that could happen at some point along the way. So you want to know um, what, how did you, you know, how did you respond to that? What do you think when he said this, you know, we had a very good conversation with the boys of, around that. And that was amazing. And, um, also another thing that you ladies said that prompted a memory for me, um, when I was, um, a teenager, um, I got up in the middle of the night one night because I couldn't sleep. And I'd heard the idea of getting up and going to a different room and, and reading. So I grabbed a book and I went into another room and this was the middle of the night and I just had woken up and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I went into the living room and I found my dad 
and he had his Bible out and he was praying. And um, that image of my dad, okay, um, decades later is huge to me. It's huge. And then um, also my grandmother, his mother, um, when I was in college, I went to visit her and I realized my entire life, she was a farmer's wife. Okay. Um, a widow. And she had her Bible at the table every morning when you woke up the, the givens in her house that were that she would make breakfast and it would be whatever you wanted, anything. She would never say, Oh, I don't really feel like making that today. We're not doing biscuits or, you know, whatever, or whatever it was, she would make it, but she would be waiting at the table and she would be reading her Bible. Every time I woke up in her house, that is what happened. So it wasn't like a, she stopped and I'm going to do my Bible study now. You know, it was so much a part of her life that it was clear to me. And that is powerful to me today, remembering her example. And I really want my boys to know that it is real, that this, um, this is not just something we do, you know, isolated on Sunday or, you know, check the box kind of thing. This is a part of, of life. And this is a gift, you know, God's gift that we can turn to him at any time, not just on these given days during the week. <laughs> so, Yeah, that is so true. And I love that you mentioned like with your grandmother, that was part of, she combined reading her Bible with breakfast. Um, that might be a good way for somebody that is struggling, like, how do I fit this in? I mean, meal times are always a great time when you're sitting there as a family or your kids or they're focused on eating. So they'll hold still, especially when they're younger. Um, <laughs> so yeah, if you combine that with drinking your coffee or feeding your kids, um, it's a great time to do those things and kind of just work it in naturally to your life. But when you are raising kids in a home, in an environment like this, sometimes they start asking very deep spiritual questions. Um, I know my son, especially from an early age, would start asking things um, that were incredibly deep. Um, so how do you answer those questions when you don't know all the answers, um, you know, or how do you, you know, ask God to help you with that or ask for the Holy Spirit's guidance when you are trying to explain those things to your children? Yeah, well, I think it's always right to admit that you don't know everything, right? <laughs> so if there is a really hard question, I mean, some questions um, are hard to explain at their level, but I think always take them to the word of God first. Um, I really appreciate, I remember my dad, there was a kind of a big theological issue. I'm not going to bring it up because we're not debating anything right now. But I remember asking him, well, is this right? Or is this right? And he for sure had an opinion. But he said, well, why don't you, here's some verses that this camp uses. Here's some verses that this camp uses. Why don't you read and decide what you think? Well, that was a pretty brave thing for him to do. I think now looking back, but um, I read and I came back to him a couple of days later and I said, well, I think this. And he said, well, that's what I think too. But, you know, it, it, it felt, I owned it. I felt like mm -hmm. I owned that information because I had read and thought and used my brain. So I think when the kids are older, we have to be brave enough to let them read and maybe come to some different conclusions, challenge those conclusions provide other resources. I know my um, second, my, my third child, my first son is at college right now, meeting all different sorts of stripes of people <laughs> and lots of different thoughts and opinions in, in especially about the Bible. And so he'll come home and, and we'll talk a lot. And every once in a while, I'll be like, well, I think this, and I'm going, um, inside I'm kind of cringing. And then I think, okay, okay. Yep. And now I would encourage you to also read books by this guy or um be sure you're not forgetting that the apostle paul actually has something to say about that you know whatever so i think it's it's really good to to let them think um if i don't know an answer then i'll say that's a really good question um i'm going to talk to dad about that or i'm going to call your uncle who's a pastor or something like that or you call call your uncle let me call your uncle uncle kent ask him about that um, and my oldest daughter has done, my second daughter has done that a few times. Hey, Uncle Ken. And he's a wealth of information. And I love that. I love that I can send them a youth pastor, whatever. We just happen to have our uncle as a pastor. So that's been a good resource. So don't be afraid to send them out. 
Yeah, I, I always say teach them to pray their questions to God. You know, right. um, he's told us he would give us wisdom and just yeah. building that trust that we can go to him and we can ask him those questions. Like I can remember when my boys were really little saying, wow, I've never thought of the question just like that before. And then, you know, let's pray. And so we would just pray and say, God, we know that you are good. We know that you, you, you know, we know this from the Bible. We know this from the Bible, but I don't really know the answer to this question, but we know that you do. And um, we would love to know the answer and if, you know, and just pray about it and ask him and if, and, and just realize too, we may not get the answer here, but Lord, we trust you. Even if we don't know all the answers, we thank you. We don't have to know all the answers. We can trust you and we can follow you and you will show us what you want us to, to see as we're going, as we're going forward and help, help. Caleb's heart or whoever's heart it was at the moment asking the question and just, just praying those questions to him and just having, letting them know that they have God as the resource, you know, to go to and pray and ask uh, for wisdom. Christy, I love that. And Sonny, I would say in addition to all we've been saying, Christy, that's a really good example of don't be awkward to pray with your kids, Mm -hmm. just stop and pray. Um, I don't feel like I grew up in a home where we, I, I just think maybe my parents were uncomfortable with just that kind of spontaneous, like, let me just put my arm around you and pray. Also, the church I grew up in was not like that. Like people didn't come up and say, oh, are you struggling with anything? Yeah. You know, I'm sad about this. Oh, let me just pray with you. That mm-hmm. never happened. And after I got out of college, I moved to California and I was with families that were that way, much more just unencumbered about praying. And I think uh, in my circles, I think we've turned a corner and we're a little bit more comfortable with praying, but um, somebody might be watching this video that says, Hey, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I didn't, I didn't, I don't have any of this background. Um, You have permission to just stop and pray with your kids. (laughs) They need to hear you praying. They need to know that you can stop and talk to God about everything. He absolutely cares about everything. And he asks us to have childlike faith. And what one of our children doesn't come to us with, you know, um, some broken toy, right? Broken beyond repair. And with all their childlike faith, they say, fix it. (laughs) Or daddy can fix it. You're like, no, daddy cannot fix that. That's beyond repair. But that's childlike faith. And that's what we're supposed to exhibit toward God. And how Um, reticent we are sometimes to just stop and say, God, I need help. I just need help. And so Christy, I love that. I love that reminder that if it's a big problem, then we can just stop and say, God, we don't have the answer. Can you show us, or can you show us a book or, or bring a person into our lives even that can help us? Or will you just show us in your word? But, but, but then apply that to everything, pray about it, ask God for help and, and let your children learn what that looks like. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. And mentioning prayer, I think sometimes, yeah, if you didn't grow up in church or you didn't grow up in a family where people prayed for you or talked about prayer, you may think it's just, oh, before meals, we pray or, oh, just before I go to bed, I pray. And it's more of a habit like that. Um, But you may not realize like, yeah, pray. I mean, I pray all day long, (laughs) whether it's a short little prayer of, you know, give me patience right now to get through this or, you know, before I study the word of God. I do pray and say, Lord, reveal what you want me to know from this. You know, don't let it just be words on a page, um, praying for your kids and with your kids. I think, yeah, getting into that habit when they're young. Um, and like you guys said, we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have all the answers. So directing your children back to God and letting them discover for themselves, what he's saying is so important. Um, And another thing I think when you're homeschooling, you're with your kids a lot. They see you a lot. So how do you handle it when you do sin in front of your kids? It's not like they're away from you all day and they only see you on your good behavior. And I mean, there are times you stumble, you know, every day. So how do you keep following God from becoming a do as I say, not as I do situation? We want them, you know, but I guess I would love to hear how you guys handle that. Um, so that it doesn't look like you're saying, do all these things, but also look how flawed I am. 
Yeah, they're definitely going to see the flaws. That's one part of homeschooling. They're there. They see them. And we see theirs. So humility is definitely needed. And that can be hard. That can be difficult for all of us and for them. And so I do think um, for me, um, just the humility to stop when I know either with my husband and maybe it's with my husband and my kids were in earshot, you know, there are times that I bring everybody in and say, look, this is, I really messed up. This is what I said. This is not what I meant. This is, you know, um, that was wrong. And I was, I was not kind, (laughs) you know, or whatever it was, you know, um, and just being honest and, um, and praying with them uh, whenever, you know, um, I do think I'm, I'm careful um, because I, um, I want to definitely be careful with assumptions um, because sometimes actions, you know, you can't judge actions with your children always and hearts just by sight. <laughs> and so, but if it involves them, if they've done something, um, you know, when they need to go in their room and cool off for a little bit. I don't know how many times I've left a room and somebody threw a blanket over their head and maybe they were just, it was either angry tears or anger, anger, or whatever it was, you know, angry at a sibling typically about something like they didn't get the seat they wanted or whatever it was. They argue, I have four, four boys. And so there were definitely times that there were squabbles over ridiculous things. And so um, I think just, just, modeling for them. Um, and then that, you know, as they got older, just saying, you know, I, I think that before you really come out of your room, you, you really need to adjust your attitude, you know, and maybe you can't adjust it. Maybe you need God's help in adjusting it. I think you definitely do. And, um, you know, we've, we've got, um, they, their hearts, I think are still tender, for that, you know, and I think that's developed over time and it takes that, um, you know, just the, the talking through, um, having something happen and then, um, you know, just asking them to admit a lot of times what I would do with my boys. And I would, I would say, I wouldn't say, tell me what happened because then they focus on what the other did. I would say, tell me what you did. And, and they said, but he, and no, he's going to tell me what he did. And if he didn't, you can help him. But right now I want you to tell me, what did you do? And I just start that way with each of them. And then everything comes out because they know that he's probably going to tell you I did this, but that's not how I meant it. Okay. Well, what did you do? Well, I, I, I did this and that was not okay. You know, and they might say it that way. And then we walk through um, the situation. And, and I, I do ask them, um, to take time to pray about, um, about it before they rejoin us and it has been helpful. So, um, yeah, Sunny, I think if, if as a parent you sin against your children or against your husband, and that's with your words, your actions, whatever it is, it is absolutely appropriate to say what you did and to ask for forgiveness. And I mean, go through the whole thing. Don't say, I'm sorry. I lost my temper again. I'm sorry. That's not it. Um, Ben, I lost my temper. I said things I should not have said. The way I dealt with this did not honor God. I am sorry. Will you please forgive me? Yes, mom, I forgive you. Thank you. And vice versa, right? And I remember one time I really lost it. I'm, I'm not saying one time I lost it. I, I, you know, we got, I got 24, almost 24 years of parenting here to, to think through, but um, I, one specific situation. And I, I feel like I have had to apologize for this over and over. And, you know, as a parent, sometimes you think, well, are they going to, are they going to, I don't know. What are they going to think if I have to keep apologizing for the same thing or, are they going to see that as weak if their parents are apologizing to them? Or I've, I've heard lots of things. I even had um, someone in a, in a Sunday school class, my husband and I are teaching, ask if it's okay to apologize to your children, right? So I know that, that you might wonder, people might wonder or think about this. Yes, it's right. to. You've sinned against a human being, okay? Your children are not just children. They're people. They're humans. And um, if you do not apologize to them, how are they going to learn for one thing, so you're modeling this, but again, I think it's much, it's, it's important to do the whole thing. 
I am sorry for this thing that I did specifically. Will you please forgive me and wait for a response and get a hug? One time I was in tears with my son. I just really blew it. And, and I, I was heartbroken and I'm really crying in front of him. And I said, Ben, I am so sorry. And I know I've had to apologize to you for this over and over. And I'm going to, I want to open the Bible right now because I've opened the Bible with them sometimes when they sin and to show them, I opened the Bible to James, right? Where it says that the wrath of man does not bring about the righteous life that God requires. And Ben, I was angry and somehow in my sinfulness, I think that my anger is going to change you or make you more righteous or do something. And God's word is very clear that it doesn't. And I am disobeying God by being angry. And I am so sorry. And so I, I really did pull out the Bible and reprimand myself with it in front of him because I think it's, it's that important. And so even like Christy said with my children, if it's an accident, you know, my foot happened to be out and you tripped over it. It wasn't premeditated tripping. Um, then, and I'm sorry is okay. But if I saw you there and shoved you off the piano bench, then it's, I'm sorry for being unkind and shoving you off. Will you please forgive me? They have to say, will you forgive me? I'm sorry isn't enough. So I think that's a really, really important thing. I'm glad that you asked about that. Yeah, that's something I, I love what you guys said about emphasizing the forgiveness aspect. That's something I've always tried to do with my kids because I think we have a tendency when someone apologizes, it's very, I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. You know, but it's not okay. You have to forgive that person for whatever they've done. Um, and I know this is a struggle for me. I'm very type A and very particular about things. And so I find a lot of times what I, I expect my kids to be adults and do things the way I would do them. And I have to remind myself that they are children and they are not going to do things the way I would, or, you know, even watching my words so that I'm not too harsh with them. Um, because a lot of things that I don't mean to be harsh kind of come out that way. Um, but I still remember things my parents said to me as a child that I took very differently than they meant them. And, you know, we didn't talk about it then. And it was, Years later, when I realized I'm still hanging on to some, you know, upset or resentment about things that they didn't even mean the way I understood it as a child. So anytime I see that my kids appear to be upset, I do really try to be intentional about, okay, what's going on? Why are you upset? Is it something mommy said? Is it something that happened between you and your sister? Like what? what is going on? Let's talk about it now. Um, and I do apologize as quickly as I realize that's happening as well. Um, because I do want my kids to realize like I sin too, you know, and I have hurt you. And even if that was not my intent, you were hurt by it. And I do not want to hurt you. Um, or with my husband, same thing. Like we rarely argue in front of our kids, but every once in a while, you know, those things come up. So we do apologize in front of them if they have seen, you know, something like that happen. We want them to know this is the process and what you do to repair that relationship. Um, so we are running low on time. You guys have yep. given me so many great things, but if you had just one piece of advice or tip, trick, resource, you know, anything like that, that you would like to share, I would love to hear that before we wrap up today. I'd say we, we um, kind of touched on the incorporating prayer as a part of your day. And I think just getting beyond meals, getting beyond, um, there are so many meaningful times um, over the years that we have prayed. Um, and I, I think one thing that I learned when I was in West Africa, um, every time we came into church, everyone, anyone that came into the church stopped and they um, immediately prayed like got alone, got on their knees or whatever and prayed. And that is not something we do in our culture. And so um, I started with the boys when they were little, a lot of times on in the van on the way to church, I would, we would pray together and pray that God would just prepare us to really worship him and not be just thinking about whatever during the sermon or, you know, um, you know, just, just talking about that. Or if we saw needs in the community, if an ambulance zooms by somebody pray, for, and somebody would um, pray for whatever was happening, or if we went and they're teenagers and we go by a billboard and it's disgusting and, or a new business that's disgusting. Um, you know, I don't always say anything out loud because I don't want to draw any attention to it, 
but I have prayed um, for something like that. And then it was such a blessing to see that thing come down, you know, um, and to, and to know God, God, you're powerful. You can do anything. Please remove that. We have to drive by that every day when we're going to, um, when I'm taking him to work and, um, you know, to pray just for our community, just for people that you see, you know, all throughout the, just modeling, praying with them. If you, if things are amazing and you see something uh, great in nature, you know, it's, it's, that's a good time to stop and just say, God, you've made so many things for us to, to know your glory and, and just to stop and pray for that. And I think that that um, making it a part of your day and not just this compartmentalized here's the faith box, you know, <laughs> has been one of the biggest things um, that I've enjoyed through the years with parenting and homeschooling. Yeah, and maybe just a, an encouragement when we're in the word of God, uh, one of the things that should happen is that we become more humble. And so I think it, it does take a heart of humility to ask for forgiveness. So back to just what you were saying, Sunny, um, um, I think we need to be humble. But then when you mentioned about uh, if you think maybe you've hurt your child and they come to you to be humble enough to receive that, um, which, and, and know that they can know that you're a safe place that if they say to you, Hey mommy, you seem like you're getting upset, uh, to not lash out, but to accept mm -hmm. that from them. I mean, sometimes we'll have to say, sweetheart, <laughs> the reason <laughs> I raise my voice is because right. You have a responsibility here too, but, um, whatever it is just to be, um, a humble learner with them because you, they, you're on the same path. You're both on the path and you're just a few miles ahead on that path. But in, in eternity, you're, you're not very much further. <laughs> so um, we're fellow travelers with our children. And so to, to approach God's word with humility and our parenting with humility. Yeah, that is great. Amber, Christy, thank you so much for being here today and sharing Welcome. with us. This has been such a great conversation. And for everyone watching, we do pray for you here at Sunlight. You're always welcome to reach out to us if you have a prayer request. So that can go to connections at sunlight.com. And thank you so much for joining us today.